1: that um, <coughs> holy smokes guys last night woo! was one of the best nights of my life oh, my life my life uh, I we so it is uh, it's actually Thursday September 29th here in Halifax uh, and in yesterday our, on Wednesday September 28th we threw our fourth live show at the historic, legendary Seahorse Tavern uh, in Halifax, Nova Scotia, which was not only uh, an honor, but also an extraordinarily surreal moment. uh, Because, uh, like we said in the recording of that episode, we, uh, we have been to the Seahorse a number of times in our life to take in shows, but this was the time that people were coming to the Seahorse to see our show. Yeah. Something that we created. And it was just like a, it was, I don't know, it was like a fucking cool thing, man. And I've even been on stage at the Seahorse several times. (laughs) And like Brian said, uninvited. I've never been invited on stage. (laughs) Um, But it was a a great time. And I I just want to say this. It may very well be one of the best episodes we've ever recorded. It was, our guest was... Uh, his name was Craig Mack, and he was absolutely incredible. Yeah. The crowd was incredible. Uh, the whole vibe of the night was just incredible. Um, the two of you guys were just on point. Brian, you were so funny. Like, you were, Aww, man. You, you were dropping some really, really good jokes. And it was like, it was just a really, really interesting, crazy conversation. But, and here's the big but the only way. That you will be able to listen to this episode is a if you were there that night. So if you weren't there that night, uh oh. There's only one other option. B, you have to be a patron on our Patreon campaign for five dollars, five dollars or more. more. And that's all. That's all. That's all it costs to uh, to get your grubby little hands on uh, on that and beautiful and, little and episode. You know. You know what I, it's. <laughs> I, I'm really, ex- I'm really excited that we're only releasing it on
0: Patreon because we we appreciate our, the the those who are contributing to our campaign so much. Yeah, and and
1: this episode, like you've said, Jeremy, is. It's awesome. It's it's something it's that really, we want to share yeah, with everybody. It's a but, very special treat. And and we we do value the people who
0: are have been supporting us. Yeah. And and that's why it's only going to be available to those people. Yes. And this
1: was a struggle. A yeah. struggle to come to to finalize yeah. and come to the conclusion that we will I mean we we said that we would do our live shows and make them Patreon exclusives to people who are patrons, five dollars or more. And after we recorded the episode last night, we all looked at each other and we, we were like, "We're going to put that out to everybody, right? We're not going to, we're not going to keep that for Patreon." And then we sobered up. But then we would, then we would just, <laughs> yeah. but then we we would be going against what we said we would do, which would be a yeah. shitty thing for us to do. Yeah. Um, so we came to the conclusion that we would stick to our guns and and keep it Patreon exclusive content. So yeah. So, uh, needless to say, if you've been thinking about doing it. Uh, this is a great opportunity to hop on that train. Uh, that episode c- could very well be going up on our Patreon on the uh, the first of October. So, um, so and that's that's so, you know real fast. Um So let's get into today's episode. Yes, let's. Uh, today's episode is a it's a it's a special one. Uh, special because Brian and T- no, sorry guys. <laughs> I just, yeah, oh fuck, I was just getting The boys weren't there. The boys weren't there. I was in Montreal for, uh, for a few hey, days. for To be at a Japanese bathhouse. Ah, come on now. I was in Montreal for a few days to teach some yoga. And while I was there, uh, I met, uh, a very, very sweet, very lovely young lady named Brittany. And it turns out Brittany spent a huge portion of her life, as a selective mute and her story is fucking super fascinating uh so i was actually supposed to drive back to halifax but i said fuck it i grabbed my phone we found a quiet place and we recorded the entire episode on my phone uh so if you're wondering why the recording sounds a little different than it normally would not as rich not as full it's because we're doing it on my iphone but uh man Brittany, what a guest uh, what a conversation. I hope you enjoy this as much as, uh, as we did. Enjoy. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Brittany. She was a selective mute. So this week, let's listen. Check,
2: check. All right, so it's
1: more strong recording from the side. How do I start from this? Okay, what you what do you what what did you have? Like what, what is it called?
0: What did I have? Oh god.
1: Is it selected um, mutism?
0: Yeah, it's called selective mutism.
1: Selected? Selective.
0: Selective.
1: Selective, yeah. Yeah. Selective mutism.
0: Yeah, that's
1: it. So what is that what does that mean? Like what is selective Mutism? Is there a difference between mutism and selective mutism? I
0: honestly don't even think so. I think all it means is that the child or whoever has that is just mute or selective of who she or he speaks to. Okay. So I feel like it's a lot comes down to trust issues. And for me, like I had a lot of anxiety. So if I felt energized wise, because I was very in tuned at a young age, that person, I didn't feel comfortable around that person. I wouldn't speak at all. But for the first few years, I didn't speak to anyone.
1: For like any period, anyone, like just like, period. period. My mom, mom maybe my
0: mom, maybe a little bit, but not not to a point of like, hey mom, like what's what's for dinner tonight? It was just right. like if I'm not feeling good, I'd be like I I don't feel good right now. It wasn't like a normal thing, right? Where kids like talk and interact.
1: What if? Okay, man, this is see. This is like okay. So this mm-hmm. is why I wanted to talk to you so badly. I guess we should probably set up. So your um, your name is Brittany.
0: My name is Brittany. Yes. And I think you so.
1: <laughs> you are uh, how old are you?
0: Turning nineteen. Turning
1: nineteen. Okay. And we are in Montreal. Yes. And you are doing the
0: Moksha teacher training.
1: Doing the Moksha training. So you're you want to be a, do you want to be a, a teacher? Yeah. Like, I do you want to teach yoga someday?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Cool. So I'm here in Montreal.
2: Yeah.
1: Come to I came to like teach at the training, teach some classes, hang out with you guys. And part of the teacher training is you guys are, are asked to um, prepare a presentation yeah. to present to all the, the other trainees that you do the training with.
0: Mm-hmm. And but what
1: was your topic? What did my you,
0: topic was what is a life-changing event that inspired you or changed you, and what was the shift in that?
1: Okay. And so when I went to the presentations that day, you got up in front of everyone
0: I was freaking out.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I bet. And you sat down and you yeah. spoke about your experience in selective mutism mm-hmm. as a child. And you like you get what, how was your time limit? Ten minutes or fifteen? Ten minutes. Ten minutes for the presentation. And you like zip through it in like four minutes, and like brushed over a whole bunch of stuff. And every I think everybody in the room was like, I know, "Wait, what? Like, <laughs> what? You didn't speak for."
0: I for a Everybody huge was like, portion of I your life. I forgot that like, it's not normal. So I just said, yeah, I didn't speak for seven years. And I saw all the eyes were like, what?
1: Yeah. <laughs> like everybody's eyes off. went wide. People's jaws dropped. So let's take it back.
0: Okay, let's do this.
1: You were born. You yeah. were just like this baby. And <laughs> yeah. then at some point, like when babies start to speak generally, mm-hmm. like you just weren't doing that?
0: I wasn't doing that. And I also remember my mom would tell me that I would hide behind her. So I didn't speak, but also I physically would just hide behind people. Like, I was afraid of my own shadow. I was afraid of my own voice. So I'd in the, be in the corner on um, playing with, what do they do? Like, the, the toys. Like, Barbie dolls. Sure, like, normal, normal things, things, that things that kids, kids do. And, and I would just hide behind people. Um, yeah, and it, it just from an early age.
1: And it was just, like, a normal thing for you? Did, we're Like, at what point do you know cuz i guess you were so young that it, a lot of this is based on what you've been told right
0: yeah but i also do remember the feelings that happened during that time though like my physical body i can recall the pain so i'd had bad stomach aches to the point of of thinking i was going to vomit all the time which is probably why i'm afraid of vomiting <laughs> so afraid of it and i my stomach would hurt my my like palms would be sweaty every day so it was a lot of fear is, at is, an early age is
1: that so is that fear or like that feeling of, of like wanting to throw up and like sweaty palms and stuff, was that coming from the fear of talking?
0: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly or like the fear it. of communicating. The, the fear. It was the same thing. The fear of talking. The the fear of communicating with people. Um, for some reason, I didn't feel secure in my own self or or wasn't ready, I guess, to let the voice out. So I would just, I would literally just hide behind people. I would cry in kindergarten class um oh, so man. I did cry I was human yeah <laughs> remember someone asked me that did you cry yeah I cried
1: yeah yeah right because like you're not you're not making noise with your voice
0: no right
1: but when you cry you do, you do that. I, think about and it. when you laugh you do that Being right? selective
0: mutism doesn't mean that you don't have a voice you're, you're physically um proper to speak it's more that mentally you're not prepared you're not ready so if you think about it in that way Physically, I could have spoken, but mentally, I wasn't ready. Mentally, I, I, I didn't have the confidence to say, hey, guys, I'm here. or Hey, guys, can I have a drink of water? Whoa. So if you think about it in that way, I did have a voice. It could have came out any moment, any time.
1: Right. So at what point did your mom start to realize, like, is it your mom and your dad? Or are yeah, together. Are your parents together? Okay. At what point were your parents, did it sort of dawn on them, like, oh, Brittany's... Not quite normal. Like, there's something not right here.
0: Yeah. So, I believe they told me this because I can't remember at four years yeah. old. They told me. Um,
1: Allegedly. This, this is what they, they say. This is their story. Yeah, so this is their I, story.
0: Don't know. <laughs> at four years old, they actually took me to um, a near doctor because. They thought, okay, like, sometimes kids take longer to speak. That's normal. At two years old, you start speaking, you start forming your language. But it was four, and like, oh, God, what's going on with my child? So they took me to get tested. And the, the doctor did an ear test on me, and it was perfectly fine. I put four fingers up when he asked me to. Um, I could listen. So all he said was, your daughter has selective mutism. Your daughter's fine. She just isn't ready to talk. She just... Has anxiety, so that's when they sent me to like a speech therapist, and then they sent me to a like a, a psychologist. Yeah, but it never, none of it worked because I guess inside I just wasn't there yet. I wasn't I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready. That's the best way to explain. Man, it. Man, what
1: a trippy thing to think about. Like, <clears throat> I don't have kids, and I'm not. I don't. I'm not ever going to have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I have friends that have kids. My sister just had a had a baby. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got nieces and nephews and, and things like that. And um, it just, it's such a, it's such a fucking, like, weird thing to think about. Right. Of a child that, like, will hear you, will, res- like, will will respond to your, you know, your if you mm-hmm. ask them a question to to go, like, ask them to do a task or ask them to do something, they'll do it. Yeah. But not receive any sort of vocal, like uh, mm-hmm. there's no back and forth, like
0: there's no communication.
1: No communication.
0: It like, is was, it, was it was it
1: super like? Do you did your parents say it? like it was super hard? Like if they were like it,
0: no, Brittany, what do you hard.
1: want to eat? <laughs> like are you <laughs> oh, just God, like But right <laughs> do
0: you just go point at the craft you know, you know dinner box? No, I do remember this time. It's really bad, but. I think I was seven. I don't know. But I was invited to, like, in kindergarten, you have, like, your friends or whatever. I didn't have friends, but you know how your parents make you go to these, like, parties and Mm -hmm. the parents invite you? So I do remember this for some reason. I literally was sitting there not talking to anyone, and uh, they had a birthday cake out, and I didn't want the cake, but I didn't know how to tell the person I don't want it. I remember this. I don't know why, Jeremy, but I did. Okay, so I took it, and I ate it, and then I went to the washroom and spit that cake out. I'll never forget that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You just didn't want it, but you...
0: I didn't want it, but I didn't know... My mom wasn't there for some reason, or she left for a minute. So the mother, the other mother, was like, here's a cake, and I don't like cake. I hate icing. Always hated icing. And I just spit it in the washroom. So, I was afraid. I, I can hear her. I know she, want, she gave me the cake, but I didn't want it. But I didn't have that... Um, I didn't have that... The
1: wherewithal to, to yeah. just say it? Like, but what about just shaking your head and going, like, no, or pushing it away? Like, there was the, even that? Like, there was sometimes. anxiety around just, like,
0: yeah, sometimes. even
1: communicating non-verbally?
0: Yeah. Sometimes I... When I grew... More around, like, seven, actually, I would start to nod my head, yes, no. But in the beginning, I didn't, because I didn't, I guess I didn't...
1: Know how. Know
0: how. I didn't know that's a thing. Like, it's fine to do that. Yeah.
1: Man, yeah. So it's this interesting thing, you know, like we, I talk to people who have cancer. Mm
0: -hmm. Or
1: I talk to people who have epilepsy or bipolar. And, excuse me. Mm -hmm. It's these things that present themselves physically or even mentally that I can, like, there's something, there's something tangible about it. There's something that I can like understand almost. But with this, it's so unique to me. This idea of select selective mutism that mm. like it's almost hard for me to grasp the the gravity of it almost because I like it's I, I don't know I, I don't know where to start. Like I, I feel like I have so many questions of where I want to
0: yeah. I can tell you this, though, that when once I started speaking, so I believe it was in um, SK kindergarten, like, ter, I turned seven, which is when I started interacting more, and I had this best friend who I'd known him since I was a baby because our families grew up, and I would actually whisper in his ear and be like, can you tell a teacher that I, I need to go to the washroom? So she, so he's the only person I would speak to, actually, which Holy I didn't shit. mention. That. So his name is Ryan, and... Um, I've known him forever. So I was always in kindergarten class with him or preschool. We were always together. So I felt safe around his energy. And so I'm I literally, I would be like in his ear, Ryan, like I need to go to the washroom. Can you tell miss, whatever her name is. So we did that and he would speak for me. And he was the only one, him and my mom were the only ones who actually could, who actually were a voice to me. Right. Actually the ones to be like, to understand doing, me, tell help, Yeah, believe, and doing verbally, the speaking physically. for you. Yeah.
1: Man, what a, what a crazy thing. How hard was it for your, for your parents?
0: Mm. I assume it was hard. Yeah.
1: Let me ask you this then. So, so with, with living with cystic fibrosis, like there was a, yeah. there was quite a large period of my life where I, me and my parents didn't really talk about it in depth. Um, and that was really hard on my parents and it was really hard on me. This like lack of communication. Yeah. Do you talk to your, Have you talked to your parents much about their experience? With your selective mutism,
0: honestly, I haven't not a lot, which is which I should do, but I, before writing this book, I've actually asked them a lot before writing the chapter about it, and so they told me a few things, but i don't I think for me, I think my parents just i think maybe it was a bad time for them. I think it hit them a lot, yeah. Because I have an older sister who was the opposite of me. She's 21, and... She just loud. started speaking at, like,
1: three months old. Three months they were old. like, holy shit, yeah. what the hell's going on?
0: Like, oh, my God. Shut this baby up. They couldn't shut her up, though. That was the uh, issue. She would go and pull... Hit babies in the face and yell, and then I was the opposite. So I oh, think wow. they didn't understand how to balance that out. Here you have a daughter who is so loud and took a and literally pulled, like bit baby's fingers off my sister was nuts like scary holy
1: shit how old is your sister <laughs> she's
0: 21
1: okay so you guys are close i was age like, yeah. yeah wow
0: and i, <coughs> I was opposite. just like
1: living in a yeah just like living under a rock and like kind of peering out every once in a while
0: yeah
1: did your parents ever uh like was sign language ever something that they were like maybe we should look into signing to her nothing no, like that i learned that.
0: to actually Two years ago, just because it's a curiosity. I think it's very interesting. Deaf people and how they can't communicate. So I learned a little bit on my own time. But they never... I don't even know if it was, like, at the time, something that they, like, knew a lot about. Like, signing is coming up more now. Mm -hmm. It's it's new communication. Never did that. I should have.
1: Yeah, (laughs) right. Probably much easier. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. But, like, you're you're so young, so, like, how would... I guess you wouldn't really be the one to to know that that's a an option, right? Mhm. Like it just it makes me I'm just trying to think of like if I had a kid, a I'd probably go fucking bananas cuz I'd be like how do I communicate with this little thing
2: yeah.
1: that I that I'm trying to raise and like I don't want it to die. And you and made it. I need to I made it and I need it to like live to go on. Yeah. But it won't communicate with me. Like just trying to find ways to to make it's that communication. True.
0: And I believe maybe that's the reason why when I grew up, sixteen, going through everything I went through, like depression, maybe that was why there was communi- disconnection between me, and my my family. Maybe it's because I really had seven years of of not being physically grounded, not being connected. Yeah. So it could that could actually be reason, A. Hey, like that could that could be a point. But I also think teenagers normally are disconnected to their families. Oh,
1: for sure. I think that's a totally. Like, yeah, that's a totally normal.
0: My subconsciously, process. that's a really good point. That yeah. It's because I I wasn't connected to them. Mm-hmm. Like most parents are to their kids at middle age.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I know you I know you, you were, you are kind of, you alluded to like the, you hate when people ask you, like, what was the thing that made you feel this way? <laughs> um, and, and we don't have to go into that, but, um, you know your parents were you were you said that you went to see like an ENT specialist and then you went to like a psychologist yeah. and and those kinds of things like
0: okay well, through
1: I'm, that okay, through I'm, that kind of like exploration mm-hmm. through like head doctors and stuff like that Like, were you guys able to figure out, like, Mm -mm. what the fuck was going on?
0: Still to this day, I can't figure it out. I don't know. That's why when people ask me that, I don't know. Yeah. Of course, there are a few things that are coming to the forefront in my mind that's making sense, that I haven't come to um, a term of, like, okay, this this happened. It's kind of, like, repressing things, but generally, like... There's still answers. There's still question marks.
1: What are those things that are kind of coming up to the surface, sort of?
0: Um, those things. Honestly, it's it's more feelings in the body, which which brought to attention. It wasn't really memories because I I, for some reason I. My memories are very, very blank. Mm. But I went. It was two years ago where my body just started feeling things from the past, and I was like, "What is happening right now?" Triggers everywhere. Like a
1: like an emotional like an emotional feeling?
0: trigger. Like a feeling. Like it was almost like I was reliving that point in my life where I was silent. So that was starting to like like a puzzle piece, makes sense. Mm. But then it still doesn't make sense. Like I'd have feelings where it was like, I felt unsafe, so I'd have that feeling like where you crunch over and you hold your stomach. Mm. And I'd have that feeling, and my body would feel it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really my my heart, it was the body that- And this I, was a couple of years ago? Yeah, it was, it was. It went on from like two years ago to that, this last summer.
1: And what what was the, what was the first, like, what was the situation that you were in that you were like, ah, I, I don't feel safe, I feel unsafe? You know I what it was, unsafe.
0: actually, it was my first time falling in love with a guy or opening myself to him and that's what triggered it it was the hurt that he made me feel that made me feel like my body triggered emotion from the past where I was like wow like I feel like not good enough I feel unsafe right and it's almost like that feeling of being silent and mute again where as a kid I felt unsafe I felt silent I felt not comfortable having a voice right and so that was the, the the like the pinpoint Huh. That led back the trigger to that feeling.
1: Do you think that those types of feelings are preventing you from making certain life choices and like sure. going through with certain things?
0: Hundred percent. It those feelings, those triggers, actually, um they close my heart off when it comes to connecting with people, friendships. I I lose friends like this. I have a wall up, or relationships. Men like that has been a really hard struggle this year because. I'm finding myself. I'm feeling conf- confident in my body, but then my heart is like, "No, no, no! You cannot open yourself up because I'm so used to guarding myself, protecting myself, being mute, being silent." Mm. So it was. This actually is something that has challenged me a bit in the last year or two. Hmm.
2: Wow.
1: Do you get like when you get into those moments and you where you have those feelings, like those kind of visceral, like gut feelings? Does it? Cause like, you know, you're sitting here with me right now and you're, you're, uh, you're speaking loud enough that you're being recorded, like recorded, right. You're, you're speaking like very fast and fluent and we can have this like back and forth. Um, but when you go into these, like if you start to open yourself up, right. And you open your heart up Mm -hmm. a bit and then, and then you feel vulnerable and shut down. Do you, do you ever revert back to the. The silence?
0: It's actually funny you say that because that's always my fear, actually. I'm always nervous that if I get to a point where I open myself up too much and I get hurt, that what if I ever get mute again? So, wow. no, like, I haven't yet. But my right. fear that I never actually brought up to people or even to myself, which is kind of crazy that you brought that up because it's I've been thinking about it lately, is that what if one day... I get to a point of fear, of, of pain, that what if I get back to that few steps back, and I say, you know what, I'm scared, I'm going to close off.
1: Do you think that's possible, though?
0: I don't think that, I think anything is possible. Yeah. I think I'm strong enough to be like, no, 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 you have a voice now.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, everyone <laughs> knows what you sound like now, and, like, you've been talking, <laughs> you know? Like, do you think that, um, okay. I guess what I mean is, like, do you think that it's, it's a... Physic, like a mentally possible that that is actually something that could happen. It like, happens is it?
0: actually. Yeah, I read a little bit of selective mutism, and I was actually reading that most most of the time. So my case was a common case where you don't speak for the first seven years or the first four years for whatever reason,
2: mm-hmm. and then
0: there's a there's a more rare um, kind. I think, or maybe it's reverse, rare, or whatever. There's a kind where, it's, let's say, like, you're 20 years old and you go through big trauma, you get abused by someone, or you go through all that. Th- that's when people generally become selective. Okay, no, yeah, selective mute. So that's more that's more common when people um, become selective mute after a trauma after, pain yeah, when after they're older. But not speaking earlier, it got mixed up. Yeah. Is is the one where it's more rare. More so rare. Yes and no, like selective mutism happens.
1: Yeah. Right. And do you think, so I guess because you've already gone through it, um, you feel like you're susceptible to falling into it again.
0: Mm-hmm. It's obviously a fear. Yeah. A little fear that I don't pay attention to, but it's something that I don't want to happen. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be mute. Come mm-hmm. on. You have like... It's funny because the other day I was thinking about this. I'm used to being in a room of loudness and being the silent one. But I'm not used to being in a room of silence and being the loud one.
1: Which is super interesting that you're at a yoga teacher training (laughs) looking to teach yoga, which is a room full of people Mm
2: -hmm. that are
1: told, do not speak when you go into the room, and you're going to be the only one speaking for 60 minutes to all those people. Wow. You know, like that's... It's, it goes, it's totally goes against, it's, you're, you're, you're basically facing your fear head on, Mm -hmm. right?
0: Never thought about
1: that. That, I mean, that's, it's, you know, you go to a moksha studio, every moksha studio, the first, someone's there for the very first time. I know for me, one of the first things I say is, and we try to practice silence in the hot room. So just no chatting once you're on your mat, right? Everybody goes in there and when you go in, everyone's laying in Shavasana, dead silent yeah and then the only thing that fills that space other than the sound of breath is the teacher's voice wow right so you're 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 like you're just you're just going in there you're like you're just taking that on like I'm just you're going
0: head on first yeah oh, literally just beer. diving in never even thought about that great now i'm scared no, no i mean it's i it's think beautiful. that there's
1: something really like empowering about that you know there's something it's like a kind of a just a big fuck you to <laughs> to the, the mutism that, you know, gripped you for the first, I mean, Christ, almost the first half of your life.
0: Basically, yeah.
1: You know? I think that's really cool.
0: I think so, too. I honestly, <clears throat> I never thought about it in that way where it's like all you have is the breath and the teacher's voice those are the only
1: sounds going on unless you know unless someone farts someone lets having, out a big old have, fart that could happen that happens a <laughs> it lot, happens a lot. <laughs> In the
0: class.
1: it happens a lot <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking
0: that <laughs> but you know it's the fart the breath and the voice yeah yeah, so. exactly
1: those three things fill the space <laughs> yeah um you've cut you kind of touched on it but i, I am, i'm always curious to know how people's experience an illness or what do you call this like is it what would you call it a a disability an illness uh
0: it could be called that a disease i don't it could be called a disability or a disease but i don't like to those words yeah those words are too you know like negative negative words i like to call it more something more positive i haven't i mean it's more blessing yeah yeah
1: you're uh Your little bout of weirdness.
0: Weirdness, not average.
1: Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, your non-averageness.
0: averageness, (laughs) averageness, that's a disease.
1: So your um, (laughs) non-averageness, how has it affected your relationships? You kind of touched on it a bit. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean just in terms of, like, romantic relationships. I do mean in terms of that, but also, your. you know, you were saying growing up you didn't really have friends.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, fuck, can you imagine right now going out into the world trying to make friends but also not being able to speak it's hard yeah i'll tell
0: you that it's very hard you see people making friends when my time of being mute being seven you see people like talking laughing eating muffins or chocolate whatever they're doing as kids and you're literally alone you're literally by yourself and you watch these communications happen you watch these interactions and you and you feel alone and it, and it hurts it does yeah. and it's funny you say that because um being the training there's 67 people and even to this day it's not that I have trouble connecting with people cuz I'm kind of good I have a t- I can I have imp- sympathy and I can like be there for people and I understand people but there's moments where it comes up and I'm like wow I I feel different mm. but it also comes from the past so it's always been challenging that's for sure mm mm-hmm challenging to connect with someone and to hold that connection and Mm -hmm. that intimacy and and not push it away or push to the side
1: right because you're afraid
0: afraid of the outcome afraid of the feelings afraid afraid of the intimacy the vulnerability right the heart open
1: but why is why are you afraid of that like what what is it about that that makes you scared you know like what what's the what's the Taylor, who I host this podcast with, um, the other day we were talking, and we, do, we were doing this like goal um, uh, goal setting mm-hmm. e- e- uh, exercise. And part of the part of the thing was, you know, you draw a circle, and on the inside of the circle you write all the things that you want in your life, mm-hmm. and on the outside of the circle all the things you don't want in your life. And we were talking, we were talking about what we were writing in the circles, and, yeah. and Taylor said within his circle he wrote he wants hardship right he wants to experience hardship in his life yeah because without that there's no room to learn there's no Mm -hmm. like you don't learn unless you go through the downs like the ups and downs of life like it's it's inevitable right it's a cycle so i guess my my question is like what is it about those those things that you like why push it away Because it's hard, because it because of the fear of just like losing friends or or losing like relationship or.
0: I think it's to do with.
1: um... If this is getting way too like like, faux like faux faux psychology shit, like just tell me to shut the fuck up. But because I'm I am am fascinated though,
0: I think. I don't know psychology wise why uh, fuck that shit well, me but neither. I can tell you <laughs> I can tell you from my perspective or what's coming up right now yeah. you ask me that is I think for so long that I was disconnecting to myself I think when you're when you when you're selective or you're mute you find this co- disconnection to your body and your mind mm-hmm. right your body mm-hmm. and your mind so I think it comes to the fact that for so long I've been disconnected to this temple that's supposed to be my body and I'm supposed to be talking and using it. So when it comes to, um, connections, it's like, how can I connect with someone else when my entire life I've been disconnected to myself? Mm. Maybe? Hmm. Like you're trying to,
1: like, before you can do that, you need to actually really find
0: within you. Yeah.
1: Yourself and find, you know, find, like you were saying, like, find your voice or find, even though you've found your voice, like maybe
0: it comes, you find your voice, but you can be triggered from any moment. Yeah. Any second. Yeah.
1: It's it's interesting you 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 said something there and it just made me think like you know if there's something that's so um we always, we always take these feelings or or experiences in life that, that are very automatic and happen all the time for granted. Yeah. Like I was kind of talking about, well, I was going to talk about it the other day in my class, but Ted, Ted stole my theme. Uh, but about how it's so easy for us to take breath for granted, right? Cause it's not, we don't think about it. Yeah. It's just an automatic physiological response that runs in the background, just keeps us ticking. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing about the practice of yoga is that it sort of forces you to to not take it for granted Mm -hmm. and to actually just listen and feel those feelings. And I've never thought about it. Um, And I've I've thought about that in terms of hearing, you know, like I'll be going through the world and I'll hear sounds like birds or I'll hear the wind blowing through trees or I'll, I'll hear um, you know, the ding of a bicycle bell. And, and there's like a, almost a beauty to that. And when you hear it and you like really you're present to it, it's like, ah, this is beautiful. This Mm -hmm. is really nice. Or when you see certain colors, you know, where you see a sunset or a sunrise or something. And it's like, wow, this looks very beautiful. But there's, I've never thought about it until this moment right now speaking to you that the feeling of speaking, right? Is another one of those things that I think we take for granted so much. Like it's when a I speak for you to too, you, people exactly. take that
0: for grin as well. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like when I'm speaking right now, there's this there's this I'm putting my hands on my chest and I'm speaking and I can feel this like very I don't know, this like warm vibration vibration running through my chest up through my throat, out of my mouth. And it feels nice. Yeah. It feels nice, right? It's like the it's it's like laughing. It just it feels good to talk. It feels good to speak to converse. Mhm. And to be able to not have that feeling, right, and not know what that feels like when you were so young, I can't even like imagine how how trippy that would be to feel for the first time. It's like when you when you when yeah. you see those videos of people who are deaf and they get the like the uh, like the implant, and mm-hmm. it's like this person hears their hears their. Husband for the first time or something like that, and like automatically, they're just like hear
0: their voice. They're they're just like shook.
1: Like what was what was that like? You know, like when you when did you speak for the first time?
0: I think it was around seven, eight.
1: Like with a full, Full. rich voice.
0: So Kate selective was more seven, eight, nine was more full voice. I had I started to make friends. Yeah, but I also was shy. But that's okay. I started to make friends, and so I, that was the first, first time I actually rooted myself and was like, okay, this is my voice. You I'm going to bring and it I'm, out. I'm going to bring it out, and I'm going to use it. Though I got more anxiety, though.
1: When you, when you brought it out. Yeah,
0: because like that feeling, like hearing that for the first time and, and letting it out and, and letting other people hear it is so sacred because you can hear it yourself. But the fear of another human being, another person, another energy listening to it, is very trippy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's very scary and frightening.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And when you—that's the whole thing, connection. When you connect on that level with someone else,
2: mm-hmm.
0: that is beautiful, but it's also very scary for that same reason. So, um, going back to your question, uh, it was—it was honestly very emotional to hear my voice this is me this is Brittany. this is my voice you know because
1: everyone's voice is so unique
0: like every bodies are so unique exactly every voices are yeah and I, f- i always say this people um your voice is the first thing that's connecting you back to your soul if you think about it it's your expression it's your communication so it's the only thing really besides your body that can actually verbalize or communicate what you want to say what you want to do your purpose here so your body obviously is your outlet. It, you use it to do things, but your voice is what connects you back there, mm. back to your truth, back to your essence. So it's the one thing that I find everyone has struggles with, actually.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It, not rarely do people hear their voice, mm-hmm. and when they actually do, it brings up a lot of emotions, mm-hmm. a lot of fears.
1: Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of. Uh, Insecurity, you know, it, it, doing a podcast, you hear it all the time. People go, oh, my, I don't want to hear my own voice. It sounds so weird.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, if you've never heard your voice really before outwardly.
0: You're going to you know, think it's weird. It's gonna, yeah. You're not going to get used to it. Yeah.
1: What were the, f- what were the first things you remember saying? Like I really saying. I remember what no? ate
0: yesterday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Sure. Actually, you know what? This is so embarrassing, but I'm not going to say it because my dad tells every single person this, and you're—it's very not PG. No,
1: say it. Absolutely, <laughs> no. say it. That's so, no. no, say it. It's so perfect. This is like this is the place to do it.
0: It's not. I'm telling you, it's not PG. You
1: know what else is not PG? Every fucking episode we've ever put on the internet. I swear okay, so to you. Okay,
0: yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm saying this. I get mad at <laughs> him every time for telling people this.
1: Yes, do it. Do <laughs> no. it. No,
0: okay. Okay, this is how am I gonna say this? This is Just so say cool. It.
1: Just say it. No, gross is great. I'm telling you right now, Brittany, you're gonna go back and listen to the podcast. You've never listened <laughs> He's to the podcast. you are gonna go back and listen and go, Oh my god. Oh my god, the things that have been said <laughs> oh on this god. podcast. I swear to you.
0: Okay, fine. Here's this is story. <laughs> we're at the Raptors game, okay. He had his um at the time client, which is now his good friend, but at the time his client who he doesn't know really well. I'm at the Raptors game, we're in the front row, whatever. I, I'm shy, I don't talk. We go, we leave, like we leave, we go on the way back home, the client, my dad's client is still in the car, I don't talk. <laughs> I can't say this. You can do it. You see it for me. You don't even know it. I can't. <laughs> Okay. So, <laughs> I go, dad, he goes, yeah? And the girl's like, oh my God, she, she can talk. <laughs> oh my God. I go I can't say it. You
1: can. I believe in you fully. <laughs> I totally believe in you.
0: He's like I'm like Do you remember that time when you <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't when I'm like remember that time when you kissed <laughs>
2: Oh my
1: god! I'm here, just like oh, this suspense is killing me.
0: (laughs) You kissed my mom's vagina. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Wait!
1: Whoa! Whoa! whoa. Rewind. Rewind. Remember the time you kissed mom's vagina? Yeah. Why? Wait. Okay. Hold on.
0: I don't know why I said that. You you don't. I just said that on a podcast. I'm gonna kill me. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> Your dad tells this story? Everyone. That's oh so my funny. god, I just cried. So, why did you say that?
0: I don't know. You just
1: were like, uh, I'm gonna fuck with dad's client right now. I'm gonna, I'm no, gonna, I'm gonna do- ruin this business deal. I don't even
0: know how I knew about that. <laughs> That's
1: so oh funny. Oh my
0: god, he tells every single person this every time. Oh my we're god. We're at a dinner table, his friends never. Oh, one here with Brittany's first words that, like, when she started speaking generally, like when she was nine. And then like, sh-
1: oh my god, that literally would have been some of your first words. Actually, like that, like, I mean, that, that's so funny.
0: That's so hilarious. Like my
1: first word, well, my first oh my word god, was dada. My, my first word was like me. baba. My first word was...
0: <laughs> dad, my
1: first word was, hey dad. When was the last time you went down mom? Shut up. <laughs> Holy
0: fuck. Oh, is right. That
1: is the funniest thing. My mom thing.
0: gets so embarrassed. She's like, she's going to kill me out during this. Oh, that's
1: so funny. But my
0: dad's like, oh my God. I can't believe I even like, I don't know how that's possible.
1: Yeah, that is really weird. <laughs> I it's absorb really a lot of things. Yeah, well I guess you're you're nine, right? Like that's what's so funny is that
0: You're nine, you know things.
1: You know things, right? And like you so like my nieces are around that age. Mm. And they say the funniest things. Like they say the absolutely the the most the funniest things in the world. My 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 niece Flora, she is I think one of my favorite people in the world. Yeah. Right. And we were <clears throat> <clears throat> so my wife was was like brushing her teeth yeah and we we're trying to get her ready for bed and she was like Bridie was like uh flora you're you're a butthead and flora's like well you're you're a pee pee face and Bridie's like well you're a you're a stink butt like just using like really random like combinations of words
2: oh god
1: and then uh and flora goes well you you got a like, she's like, you got a vagina face. And Bridie laughed uh, really hard. And Bridie said something else back to her. And then she goes, "Flori goes, you've got a penis in your butt. <laughs>
2: but, like, she didn't
1: know, like...
2: She had no idea what... Know? Yeah,
1: she didn't know what she was saying, right? She just, like, was like, well, I know penis is, like, a a pot... Like, a potty word. Butt's a potty word. Let's put the two together.
0: That is so funny. You mean her of a line gone. Yeah,
1: so it's, like, it's kind of the same thing. It's, right? You're just, like, you just... Oh, you were just God. this nine-year-old that decided... To say something like a nine-year-old would say, but it just happened to be one of your first... First. God, that's so <laughs> fucking funny. It's
0: hilarious. Oh, actually. man. I've never said that. That's so hilarious. Like, I never tell people that. Yeah,
1: right. You should totally... That's you like. A, I said
0: that in my presentation? Oh, it's such a great
1: story. It's so good. You should totally tell everybody that. It's great, like... Yeah. Great icebreaker. You're like, yeah, want to know what my first word was?
0: Uh, no. Yeah,
1: remember the time you kiss mom's vagina? <laughs> oh, God. It's <That's> so funny. <laughs>
0: You were expecting that.
1: Uh, no, no, I was not. I think you know, I, I didn't know what to expect, but it definitely was not that.
2: Well, it looks like we just crossed 5 million podcasts in the world, so it is with some humility that I introduce mine, Kelly Corrigan Wonders. Once a week, we share heart-to-hearts with smart, good people like Brian Stevenson, Anna Quinlan, Father Greg Boyle, talking about how we treat each other, how we treat ourselves, and how we might do both better. Kelly Corrigan Wonders is a podcast for people who like to laugh while they think and aren't afraid of feelings.
0: Join us for Kelly Corrigan Wonders.
1: So, when you like, at what age do you feel like you started to, um, or or have you ever felt just kind of comfortable with your voice? No, comfortable speaking. You still don't.
0: I do now, Um, but I mean. Not until, <coughs> not until March, not until I release this book and why had you, to. Why
1: don't you tell us about that? So you, you just, you released a book, um, it's called Not Your Average Teenager?
0: Yeah, Not Your Average Teen.
1: Not Your Average Teen. Sorry. It's it was, okay. Um,
0: but really though, like I released this book and it's, it's about my experiences of being mute and my experiences of going through depression at 16 and, trying to find myself and heal the the <clears throat> heal the feelings that I had to go through and finding the tools to be okay with myself. Yeah. And so when I released it, it was kind of like going right into the fear. I knew it was going to be scary. I knew it was going to come up, bring a lot of emotions up. And, mm-hmm. and so when I had to have these like interviews or podcasts or whatever it was to share my story, it was moments like that where I got to hear my voice a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then... Put that aside. I was. I'm. I've been growing into my truth. You know. I'm maybe like 19, but I really have the body and the mentality as like a 30 year old. Mm-hmm. And that's not being cocky. It's just being truthful. And so, <clears throat> for a while, this year has been full of like transformations. Mm-hmm. Full of these growths.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you? Um, do you? Do you use your voice in any other ways? Like, do you sing at all, or do you? Hell no. No.
2: no.
0: Do you
1: sing to yourself? No. Not even like you're driving the car or like in the shower. You don't sing when no one's around. Oh.
0: What? I don't. I don't know how to sing. I don't do that. Really? Yeah. You
1: should. You should just try it when you're like, what? What kind of music do you listen to? Do
0: you know uh, Kygo? Yeah. Remixes? Yeah. That's my I'm gonna.
1: Favorite. I'm gonna go. I, well, I saw Kygo in um, at Oceaga, but I think he's gonna be at Austin City Limits oh. in Austin. I, we're going down to see him. Well, I'm not going to see him. I'm going to see Kendrick Lamar. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, So, do you sing? Like, you won't even sing Kaigo? No. Okay, I go. I
0: love music though, which is great. So I've been. I actually learned this summer. I got like someone I know to teach me DJ lessons. Sweet. I love music, but I don't sing. Right. Sure. This only count.
1: Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you'll grow into it. I sing like next life. I sing like. I'm the best singer in the world. When I'm by myself and no one's around, I sing like I'm really? the best thing in the world. No, I'm not. I, I probably sing like shit. Uh, <laughs> but I just sing like at the top of my lungs. I love it. It feels really good. It's a good like release. Yeah. You know?
0: I've yelled in the bathtub. They say that when you're in the bathtub and you go under, you go under and, and, you, and you yell. Go, ah. Yeah. That works. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you do that like when you're feeling like oh, I need, a release in need to release my throat? Yeah, I do that. Wow. Oh.
0: I think also when it goes back to being mute, I have issues with my throat sometimes. So my throat gets very strained. <laughs> like, talking a lot.
1: Do you feel it? Are you feeling that right now? <clears throat> no, it's
0: okay now, but I'm saying, I just know that, like, my voice, my vocal cords are not, I had never been diagnosed with this. I think I just diagnosed myself or told myself this, but just because I'm in tune to myself that I realized that sometimes it gets very strained. So I had to have a release where I'll have to mm. yell or, like, breathe deeper into it.
1: Mm-hmm. I went to theater school. So when I I I went to university for four years and yeah. studied acting and a very large portion of that um my schooling and my training is is voice. We have voice class, voice work. It's not singing. It's literally the the process of using your diaphragm, using your voice properly, warming your, your voice up. Um you know, vocal exercises, things like that, so that you can fill a space
2: mm-hmm.
1: with like a very commanding voice. Whether you're facing the audience, whether they're behind you, whether they're to your <laughs> sides, it's like about filling the space, right? You were talking
0: about a teaching I find also when you're teaching that you know how to project, project your voice. Yeah, I, that's something that is very unique.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, I can,
0: I can, I can hear and I can sense it. You were here, but you were here, but I was there, and you projected that.
1: Yeah, and that's totally. Theater training, like that, is voice work, right? Yeah. Have you ever considered um, anything like that, like like any sort of vo- vo- voice work or vocal work to like strengthen your voice or or to to find your voice a little more or anything like that?
0: It's actually funny because I've been thinking about that for a while. I've been I've been a lot of my teachers, yoga teachers, have been told, telling me to do ohms or ums um, mm-hmm. or whatever, and it helped a little bit. But there's obviously I need to learn how to anchor the voice more so that it doesn't get strained mm-hmm. just because I, I feel that it does get strained a lot. But, hey, like, I'm down for...
1: There's a... There's a I believe it's Kristen or Kirsten. Kristen Linkletter. And it, it's, like, the Linkletter technique. And she, her... It's, it's what we focus on mostly in, in theater school. Yeah. And uh, it's... It, she has, like... It's just, like, any kind of acting technique. You know, you've got method acting or you've got, um, um, Uta Hagen or, or Chekhov. There's a whole bunch of different, like, yeah. like, just like yoga, there's different styles, right? Different techniques of, of yoga, different styles of yoga. Well, link letter is a different, is a, it's a particular, um, uh, technique of voice work. It's, it would be interesting to see if like, you should pick up one of her books.
2: For
0: sure. Like link letter's yeah, book. and me I will. Yeah. I'll send it, it to you. Yeah. It
1: would be, it would be worth, worth <laughs> checking out. Um, one question that I did have when you're when you're telling your presentation yeah. and while we were talking here is you know, um, so when I speak to myself,
2: yeah,
1: you know, you have like that inner voice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When you were young and you you know you formulate thoughts or you speak to yourself in your mind or whatever, did you? And this might be such a, like crazy far off question, but when you spoke for the first time, did your voice sound different than what you expected it to be?
0: Heck yeah! Oh yeah! Completely. You
1: were like you. you <laughs> I was just like picturing like your inner voice is like a like a a thirty year old like three hundred and sixty pound black man, and then and then you just got this like little cute petite like.
0: Cute voice. Hi. Hey, yeah, guys. yeah,
1: exactly. You're Like, but, oh fuck.
0: But my voice is softer, which is funny. So yeah. <laughs> and in
1: your so mind funny. you're
0: like, hey man, what the fuck? <laughs> it's so That's true. not my voice. That's not my voice. <laughs> it's true though. I've always been an overthinker though. Right. I always overthink everything in my mind. <clears throat> right. And so I remember going to sleep at night and just thinking and thinking and talking to myself and creating stories in my mind. Maybe that's why I'm so good at writing, because I always have these stories mm. and fantasies. Oh god, my fantasies.
1: Just like just <laughs> you riding dragons and shooting rainbows than that, but at your... yes.
0: <laughs> Not dragons, but, <laughs> 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 but still like okay. <laughs> <stop>. <laughs> still <laughs> I can't.
2: No,
1: oh, <laughs> sorry, just, I'm sorry. That... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. God. So your mind—you talk a lot. You, I talk you got a lot. Stories. My talk- yeah. <clears> oh <throat> <clears throat> god. That's really funny.
0: <laughs> dragons, no, not dragons.
1: Um.
0: So, <laughs> so, yeah.
1: So when you spoke, like, wh- how different was your voice? Like, how different was it from the voice that you were you were used because you we would have been used to <clears throat> the voice. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Like, I don't
1: know, I, you know, your uh, your consciousness, your conscious voice,
2: you
0: know? I've always been afraid of my voice, though. I've always been uncomfortable of the fact that my voice is softer. That's actually always been an insecurity. Because when I was in high school, I actually got made fun of my voice, too, a little bit. People would be like, oh, her voice is so, so soft. And, and and they would say it in a more negative way. Yeah. And so I think that um always <clears> was in my mind because i've always been afraid of it or or never liked i was always like you know people judge bodies like oh she's so skinny yeah i want to look like her mine was like oh her voice is so full so full yeah, beautiful yeah. deep raspy
2: mm-hmm.
0: so i think that's always been my thing i've never really looked at bodies and be like oh i want that body it's more like oh her voice, or voice. his voice is so sick
1: yeah right Interesting. That's super interesting. Yeah. Like I've never heard that before. What a, what a unique thing to, right? to desire, to want, I or want like to, voice. Be, to be envious of is like, yeah. I want that voice. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you probably know this or you should know that you're, you you do not have a weird voice at all. You know, you just, you just have a very, your voice suits you. Like it's a very, it's, it, it suits you. It's just your yeah. voice. Right.
0: Well, it's also a thing where understanding that you can't change it. You can have no. exercises or things to control it, yeah. project it more. But I had to come to a sense where it's like, hey, this is my voice. Mm-hmm. I'm going to like it or hate it, and I am better like it. Cause mm-hmm.
1: I think you can change it, though. But not in, not in a drastic way, but in ways that...
0: Help me. Let's learn now. Yeah, I'm,
1: t- I'm telling <laughs> you, man. Like, link letter. Like, if, if, you, if you have a, an untrained voice or, or say, like, I don't do a vocal warm-up, and I go to do a performance, mm-hmm. and then I go and do vocal warm-up, and I do a performance... <clears throat> Those two voices are vastly different for one person, okay. right? In terms of, like, the bass, the resonance, like, that has an effect on, on what the voice sounds like.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm sure if, if you listen back to this recording, now that I've been talking consistently for almost an hour, my voice is, is much more full, rich, you know, is maybe, you maybe a little full? deeper...
0: Is you, is, do people want? To, do people aim for a full voice? No,
1: I don't think so. I think that you think that because I think that you're you're you know you're putting too much thought into it. Yeah, I do. I, do, do no, people don't. People don't think about what they want their voice to be. Really? No, you I don't, don't think,
0: think about
1: that. No, no. The only thing I think about is I'm like, ooh, I don't want to lose my voice. Mm. I don't want to. I don't want to um, tire up my vocal cords. Okay. Because I talk so fucking much and I'm so loud and I'm always I'm always too loud, right? Uh-huh. So I'm always worried about losing my voice or, or tiring out my voice. Yeah. But I don't care if my voice sounds like, you know, yeah. rich or deep or, you know, you whatever word care. you, no, I don't fucking care. It's my no, voice. It's my, my voice. voice. Embrace yeah, it's, it. It's, yeah. It's whatever it is it's on a couple, that particular day. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a funny thing to, but I get it. Like I get why you would, why you would be envious of other people's voices. It's something that you. You know, it, your voice plays such a huge role in your life.
0: Yeah, I've always desired it. always wanted it. I think, too, what has, what has been coming up for me in this training a little bit, or just in general, is um, I'm not used to being in a group of a lot of people, right? Yeah. I'm used to just having my own bubble or a few people. So, I'm the youngest, so when people say, like, oh, you're so cute, I think that that thought sometimes triggers... Mm. Oh, like, your voice is kind of cute. Yeah, and you're
1: like, oh, you. I'm not that. cute.
0: I'm no. not fucking cute. Don't tell me I'm yeah. cute. Don't tell me I'm cute. So I think, too, like, <coughs> that has come up, not just here, but in general, too, because yeah. people, I'm usually the younger one in relationships, like, talking about romance with people, with guys, or when it comes to friendships, my friends are always in their 30s, men are always older, so it's always like, I've always been the younger one, so things come up with that. It's like, oh, you're so cute. Mm-hmm. Because your voice is softer. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. But it's also a trigger. Yeah. In a way. Do
1: you think that's something that you are working to get over or working to...
0: I better get over that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you th- but I guess my question is, like, to get over that, is it something that you are actively working towards? Or, or is it that passive thing? Like, I have really bad road rage. Man, I get behind the wheel and someone cuts me off. I just immediately turn into this, like, total asshole
0: no you don't get out of the car and swear no no i don't okay, no i've God. never gotten
1: out of the car <laughs> jesus christ I've never got out of the car okay, good. but i do like i i just get really aggressive and it's but it's something that i'm consciously striving towards like chilling out on you know like i'm yeah. trying to work towards i very easily could just be like yeah i have bad road rage and that's me and i just do that Right, so this, about yeah, I just like, oh fuck you,
0: you fuck you. Just you just cut me off. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like I, I, so, but I, but I'm getting better at it.
0: Okay, that's good. Right,
1: so my question to you is, do you think that that's something that you're working towards getting over, or working towards like not, you know?
0: I do. I do think that. I think that it's been worse, but I am in a place though where I am over it in work. a way. I I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, it, it can't. When, I'm, when I say this. <clears throat> I'm not okay with it in moments, triggers, but generally I'm fine with it. Yeah. Like I'm doing things I never thought I can. Speaking to a high school in, in October, like what That's the crazy. hell? Yeah. You know, it's just, I'm getting over it. It's just little moments where I, I, cause I'm intuitive. I, I, I'm really intuitive to my body. So there's little moments where it's like, I know when I'm holding my voice back. Mm-hmm. I know when I'm afraid to say something. Like I said in my presentation, mm-hmm. I said, it's moments where you swallow your words you don't say it. Mm-hmm. You want to say it, but you don't. Mm-hmm. Or in high school, that kid, the nerd, is getting bullied, and you're standing there, and you don't say anything. You don't say
1: anything, yeah. You don't
0: say, bro, like that's not right. Mm-hmm. So you swallow that thought that that, that he shouldn't do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But he, that he, that's not right. So it's like that, where you just swallow it. Mm-hmm. But I've always said, like, I want to be comfortable with it. That's something that I need to aim towards,
1: mm-hmm. and I, I'm starting to. Yeah, it's a process, right? For sure, and you're yeah. still young. Yeah, you got lots of time to work on that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, another thing: How are you doing for time? Are you, good. yeah, you're good. Sweet, this is so good. Um, another thing that I'm curious about. So, and you kind of touched on this in your presentation, and I've actually been noticing as we sit here and talk, you, you tend to, um, like your speech. There, there's like it's almost like you you lose um consonants sometimes mm-hmm. or like you lose vowels or like you kind of like you kind of like fly over a word um is that is that because you weren't speaking for the first like such a majority part of your life
0: you're right though i do that
1: like not that you have a speech impediment because you don't you're very clear i can hear you but there's almost like a There's almost like a detachment to some words that they just don't come through.
0: It's funny, I noticed that too. People told me that. I think it's that it's the fear comes up so I want to get over that word. Mm. So I don't stay still in the word.
1: You just blah, blah, blah. blah. Get right through it. Get
0: through it like this. Yeah. So I I believe that it may take me longer to, to say it or stay still with it, but it's something that Yeah, fuck, I do that. It's true, I do. Yeah, it's not.
1: There's nothing. There's nothing wrong about it. You know, it's just one of those. It's just an interesting thing. It's like. Well,
0: it's like hearing your voice. You can get over it and do it fast, and people just, you know, Uh or you can stay in it and you can hear it. You can be slow. Yeah. You can, be calm, and that's more personal, more vulnerable.
1: Yeah. Do you have a favorite word?
0: Do I? I don't know.
1: My favorite word is uh, vilify. I
0: don't even know if I can say that. Vilify. 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 Okay, what does that even mean? <laughs>
1: um, to vilify... Uh, vilify. You know what, Jesus, I don't know if I could give the description of vilify. I think it's like to... Um, um, <laughs> like a villain, right? Yeah. You're like to, to to vilify someone, to like call someone out as being... Jesus, now I sound like an idiot. Ah. <laughs> I love a word, that. but I don't
0: know what it means. <laughs> You're not a word dictionary. I'm going
1: to Google it. Here we go. V- vilify, V I L L I. Speak or write about in abusively disparaging manner.
0: Wow. So, Deep um, word.
1: Yeah, right? So, um, Brittany Brittany is a bitch.
2: Oh, would thanks. Be, I would
1: be vilifying you if I said that. Uh. <laughs> not true, everybody. Not true. I'm not a bitch. No, not a bitch.
0: Um, I am when I don't get sleep.
1: Yeah, right, totally. <laughs> right. Uh, aren't we all? Yeah, or you don't get your coffee like the three I'd had today.
0: That's not good, but that's I know, okay. We we'll, won't we'll, we'll stay on that. Yeah,
1: we won't stay on that. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I cut you off with my okay. definition
2: of of Um
0: <laughs> coming into this training actually, I've had our years when I thought I wanted to teach. There was fears that what if I'm standing and, and teaching and a moment hits me and I can't get the right words out. And mm. that's what I've been having troubles with. This practicing teaching is sometimes I think things and I can't get the right words. Like, hey, like let's put our right elbow on our right
1: yeah. knee. Like, or, yeah. hey, let's
0: high five, the right hand to left hand. I yeah. don't know.
1: How do you teach threading the needle? Right? How do you like, teach that? So I think that's yeah. the little
0: thing I get to work on. It's like most people, they understand these easy things at early age. I know what my right knee is. It's right here. Hopefully mm-hmm. I know.
1: <laughs> you know what though? I will say this. I think that that's, I think everybody who goes through the training feels the same thing. And this, this might not be easy for a lot of people who are listening to connect with, but, um, people who go to the yoga teacher training, I hear it all the time. People go, I know the practice, I know the sequence, I could tell you, pose, first yeah. pose to the last pose, boom, 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 fire them all off, but if you tell me to tell someone how to do eagle pose, or how to do threading the needle, yeah. I don't know how to f- say it. it, but it comes so quickly, it really does, it comes very quickly, it, and it's, you know, you, you just mentioned that, it reminds me of the, there's this very common thing, it's like the actor's nightmare. And mm-hmm. this common nightmare, and it, I've, I've had the same thing with yoga, where I have this nightmare where I go on stage, ready for the show, gonna deliver my monologue, but uh. I forget. I forget the words. Like, they don't come, I don't remember the words. It's a, the most horrifying nightmare in the world. <laughs> Doesn't sound too, too scary, but like, it, the feeling sure. that it invokes is horrifying, right? The same thing happens through the process of teaching yoga. And I'm sure Taylor and Brian could say the same thing, where they've had nightmares where you go to teach a class and you just don't know what to say. Um, So just know that the 66 other people that you're doing this training with, you're not the only one. Yeah. You know, you you will share that experience with them.
0: It's also, I'm afraid that some words I can't pronounce, so... Mm -hmm. What,
1: what's what's one word like you just cannot pronounce?
0: Okay. What word? Cyst? Cyst?
1: Cyst? Like cystic, subfibrosis, yeah. or we can like you have like a
0: cyst on you? Yeah,
1: you just said it perfectly. Cyst. I
0: don't know, but my sister always makes fun of me. and She's like, you can't say that word. Say it again. Cyst.
1: Yeah, cyst.
0: I'm missing the T. Yeah. Cyst.
1: Yeah, there you said it.
0: Hell yeah! See, we all. Have
1: yeah, this. exactly. I don't
0: know. There's some. Do you words have any
1: other words that you're like I don't that you remember. hate? You don't know.
0: Oh, um. This is really embarrassing. I got mixed up with um, shoulder and solder.
1: Shoulder and solder. Yeah, right. It's kind of like when people say New York or you, uh, Unork. Yeah. Spaghetti. Shoulder, solder. Pis- spaghetti. Soldier.
0: Yeah, I do tripped out. But yeah.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> so you say the same word over and over again and that just doesn't just make any sense. Tripping me out. <laughs> spaghetti, 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 spaghetti. I
0: think that word was hard for me as a kid. Um, I would say...
1: Spaghetti. Spaghetti. <laughs> My mom
0: would make fun of me. You're Like
1: spaghetti. <laughs> I want spaghetti today. Sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a uh, exotic race car. I want to drive a Spaghetti.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, if you were to say, so here's like a straight up question. Question.
2: Okay.
1: Um, what would be one thing that your selective mutism has taken away from you?
0: Good question.
1: And, you know, you can take time to think about it.
0: Feeling normal. Yeah. Feeling feeling average, which is why I wanted to make Hmm. sure that my title has that word. Feeling like I'm a part of this union, this oneness. Uh, That's a big one. Mm. And when it comes to moments where there's a big group or... I'm not the not the center of tension, but I'm not the one talking or giving advice to teens. And I'm just here to be civilized, normal, union with a group. It brings these mo- moments where it's like, wow, I feel different right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't feel like I belong. Mm. Yeah, so... It-
1: what a super interesting thing to feel, like to... I've never, ever heard someone say the ability not to just feel average.
0: Yeah, that, that's for sure one thing that the selective of mutism took away from me is that mm. for seven years I was away. I was disconnected. Mm-hmm. And it took away from moments like I could have had sacred and an intimacy relationships with partners or with friendships Mm -hmm. that too so yeah wow I didn't expect myself to feel this but it's true it it did take away a lot in my life Mm. and I hate to be negative but sometimes you need to be negative and you need to realize that this disability or this thing has taken away of some sort of part in your life Mm. because I think about the fact that maybe if I did speak at an early age what would my life be like who mm-hmm. would I be.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Very different. You'd be yeah. very different. For very sure, different. 100%. Yeah. Now, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't think it really matters. It doesn't
0: matter. No. No, it doesn't. I don't so think it does. It did, in some sort, yeah. take away from this experience or this journey, but it did teach me a great lesson.
1: So my second question.
0: Bring it on. Was
1: going to be, what did your selective mutism give you?
0: Strength. That was the first word that came up. It gave me strength. It gave me moment it gave me this root to this root, this grounding. hmm Every time I feel sad, I just close my eyes and I tune in and I say, Okay. I put my hand on my throat, not my heart usually, my throat. And I feel it. And I feel the strength that comes within me and I and I blossom. I do. Mm-hmm. And I cry. Sometimes I have these moments where I just cry so badly, and I don't do that a lot. Mm-hmm. But when I do it, it's so beautiful.
1: Doesn't it feel good to cry? <laughs> just cry like that. I love crying. I love crying. <laughs> I cry so easily, and then when I start, I'm like, "Oh, this feels too good. I'm not going to stop." And then I just like <laughs> let it just pour out. Pour out.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't do it. You know, it's funny. It's I used to cry release. all the time. This is yeah. something that I don't tell people, but used to cry all the time i'm a pisces so i'm they say that the pisces are sensitive
1: <coughs> they're, so, they're what
0: sensitive sensitive pisces so, yeah horoscopes pisces
1: are pussies is that what hey, they say <laughs> i never heard
0: that but that's the first time shut <laughs> up we're not pussies <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: okay i'm a capricorn capricorns are cunts so it's all good <laughs>
0: You're, you're oh, a cunt and a pussy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what was my thought? Now you did. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, <was> like, but
1: <laughs> that word has never been said on the podcast, and I think yeah, no, the guys are going to be like, ah, I'm Jeremy, because I I say it a lot. But Jeremy, the never, cunt, you <laughs> <we need laughs> the pussy. Yeah, we never say it on the podcast because I know a lot of people hate that word, but I love that word. It just feels really. Mm, it's like it's a good full word. It's <laughs> vilify and cunt are two of my favorite words.
0: Wow, his favorite is cunt. I know. It's
1: just such a, like... It's just like a... I don't know.
0: Who knew? It's it's like a
1: good word. My
0: favorite word, yeah, it's cunt. Yeah, yeah,
1: I know. I I don't tell many people that. (laughs) I wouldn't. (laughs) No, I know, I know.
0: (laughs) Even if I take you to jail. Anyway, sorry. Okay, Um, so so, yeah, so I used to cry a lot, but... (laughs) I can't get that in my head now. I
1: know, sorry.
0: So I used to cry a lot, like, to the Mm. point of I cried myself to bed by myself. I never Mm. wanted to show people my vulnerability. That's something that... I never did. I never would would show even my mom. I never cry in front of my family. I never cry in front of people. Mm-hmm. But I would do it a lot myself. So this year, it's been crazy because here I am, okay? I'm this new public figure in people's eyes, and i got to be strong. Mm-hmm. And I was telling this to someone the other day. i got to be strong. I have ambassador deals that want to work with me for teens. And i got to look like I'm perfect and I'm happy. But, uh... Behind the scenes, I haven't been that happy because there's been four months where I've not cry at all, be strong, not show that I have these emotions. And it's mm-hmm. not healthy to do this. No. I don't recommend yeah, this, yeah, no, yeah. Don't, don't do this. But I'm just saying that I had to put a fake mask a little bit, and I really hate them saying this, but not a face fake mask on what my purpose here is to do. Everything I say is tr- truthfulness mm-hmm. and vulnerability. But when it comes to my general life, I have to hide my emotions and even for myself because feeling it brings up too much. And so a period of time where I shut down and I was nice,
2: Mm.
0: not feeling. And then recently I'm like, you know what? I'm so sick of being so strong and so cold physically. I just need to be I just need to surrender. I love that word, mm. surrender.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That word can mean a lot of things, but I just need to surrender to my emotions and just be.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I can't be this this paradigm or this 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 thing for something. If I'm going to be anything if I'm going to be speaking on behalf of this generation or myself or my voice, it's going to be because it's going to be because I you know, I'm truthful. I'm, I, mm-hmm. I'm speaking from a place of realness.
1: You want to feel all the feels.
0: All the feels. And
1: be okay with expressing that outwards.
0: Yeah, and being okay with crying. Yeah. You know, it's really weird that I cried in front of my presentation, and mm-hmm. I like, don't cry usually. I, I really don't. Mm-hmm. And 67 of you are watching me there, like, hiding yeah. my tears. Right? I'm like, oh, God, I'm, it's coming out. But when you do things like that, it's very beautiful.
1: Yeah, it is. And I think that it also offers up, you know, you were saying that you find it hard to connect with people or, or sometimes it's hard to, like, show your vulnerability or, you know, and, and it's easy to push people away. But when you have a moment and it, it, crying is such a it is such a vulnerable thing to show to, to cry in front of someone. Man, if you want to have a connection with someone and, like, a meaningful connection, not that, like, oh, I better cry right now so that I can have this connection. But if that happens, like, those are very special moments. And I think that uh, to be able to show yourself in that light,
2: hmm. un-
1: unashamed and, like, just putting it out there,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I think oftentimes it can be really uh, a really positive thing. Like, people yeah. people look at crying as, like, a negative thing. Especially men, like, oh, Christ, men, like, men we've can't always, cry. You we've always cry. been told, like, don't cry, don't cry, like, push it down, push it down. Man, that shit, it doesn't help anyone, right? I don't know. I'm an advocate for crying. I, I think we should all, like, have a good cry every once in a while.
0: You know what's very unique, though? I don't know if you believe in this. You know the law of attraction? What mm-hmm. you think, what your energy's like in this moment will attract other people? Mm-hmm. Or what your pain is from a childhood will create similar people if you haven't healed it. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big believer of that. And I would manifest men in my life who don't have emotions, who have pain in their past. Right. And who can't be emotionally available for me to be there for me, to support me, to nourish me. And so I was in a really terrible first time ever connecting with someone Mm -hmm. intimate. And this guy was closed off his heart. It was not emotional for him. It was just physical for him. He's going to come over this time and leave an hour later and do his mm-hmm. thing. And, and I don't want to get too involved in that, but I'm mm-hmm. just saying it because we create it because there's a part of us that's not healed. Mm-hmm. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I do,
1: I do know what you mean, do yeah. You,
0: do, do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely, so, yeah. And so we create these people, the intimacy or friendships, who are are um, a part of a place where you're not healed.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so I would bang bang like create Gaia to the next you have all yeah. these issues but it was not normal. Like it yeah. wasn't healing. It wasn't it was it wasn't safe.
2: Mhm.
1: Yeah. The people that we that you choose to surround yourself with play such a huge role in in who you end up being, right? Um and I, I don't know if I subscribe to I feel like everything is a choice. Like personally I feel like everything is a choice, but to be able to choose correctly, like choosing the people that make you feel loved to make you feel good, and choosing the yeah. people that push you and drive you and inspire you, um, it's not always easy to see that route, you know, like if you're if you're surrounded by negativity, or you're surrounded by people that like aren't fulfilling your life. It's 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 a tough thing to Mm -hmm. to notice, but like when you can step back and see that and then go, okay, now I'm going to make the change to get rid of those people out of my life and try to surround myself with people that are more akin to like what I want, what I see my future as, or what I see my like greatest self as, as, as being and being like pushed towards. Yeah. Um, that's man, that's when like things just start (laughs) happening in your life that,
0: for me, I, I get your point for yeah. sure. It's so beautiful, and that's that, that's what it is. But mm-hmm. for me, I don't see the future. Like, I don't even want to think about marriage, kids. Like, I don't even know if I want that. Yeah. I, I, I see this moment. Yeah. What do I feel in this moment? And what do I connect with another person or another friend or, or a mentor? What am I feeling? Mm-hmm. And who's the people that I'm attracting? Or who's the people that are showing up in my life? Mm-hmm. Who are the people that I connect with on a deep level? Do you think those things happening. are
1: changing? Do you think yeah? It
0: change instantly, instant as soon as we change our thoughts
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we change our perspectives. You can believe in energy. You can believe in what it is, but all it is really is you are just choosing not to talk to the, the people that mm-hmm. don't serve you, that don't that are not right for you, mm-hmm. and then you see clearly the people that get you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Get you. Um, and are there to lift you up or inspire you.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Before we wrap it up, what would you say to anybody out there who's listening to this who has experienced what you've gone through or may be going through what you went through?
0: Wow. I would tell them that... I would tell them that they have a voice and they have a purpose. And... They're not alone. I would tell them to listen to themselves, connect with their bodies, hear their voice, and be okay with whatever voice you're given. Mm -hmm. Really. Be okay with whatever sounds come out of you.
1: Even if it's not a 350 pound black man that you were expecting, (laughs) but yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny. But seriously, though, I would tell them that. Yeah. And and they may go through depression. They may go through anxiety. Mm-hmm. And what, what would I tell them through that is it will pass. Like, mm-hmm. really, it's going to pass.
1: Yeah. I feel like we could go on and on and on. Like, I want to <laughs> know about your experience with depression and, like, and how that...
0: We've gone on for long. You no, know,
1: we've gone on for so long. Um... Let's do this again sometime.
2: For sure. Let's do this
1: again sometime. Like we'll sit down, and next time we'll, I'll bring Brian and Taylor, and like the four of us can have a it. conversation. I'm but down. this was this was awesome. Like I, this was so. It was so like it was so nice to go in depth into your story
0: mm-hmm. after
1: having just got the like just scratching <laughs> the like the surface <laughs> of it the other day. Um, yeah, yeah. So thank you.
0: Thank you for. Going deep in this story too. This is fun.
1: Sweet.